Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host with Still a Cold, John Crevillian. I am joined, you know, uh, I'm joined with uh, Steve Freitag. How are you, Steve? I still don't have a cold, so good. Excellent. Bless you. And Mary Carlton. <laughs> yeah, I'm much better. Thanks, John. Hey, that's good. Wow. Wow. Quick recovery. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, pray for me during this time, people. I appreciate your prayers. On um, many different levels. On many. Yes, I just need prayer just in general. <laughs> My parents can confirm that. My girlfriend can confirm that. Thank you. It's much appreciated. <laughs> nice. So uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably like jump back into part two here of our uh discussion that we started last week, looking at a lot of good stuff that Ed Smith has written down. And I was just saying before we started uh the podcast here, Ed Smith is such an interesting guy to me because he's so like he's very to the point, you know? Ed Smith will be like, well, of course you feel this way because this or this makes sense because this is happening. He doesn't mince words a lot at all. And anyways, I really enjoy Ed Smith. I really enjoy his content. Um, What do you guys think about what he's written so far, what we've covered so far? Yeah, it'd be really good for people if they haven't listened to the previous podcast to go back and listen. But it is, yeah, it's pretty, it is pretty straightforward because his desire is for people to be truly free. And that's our desire as well. We share that same mm-hmm. desire, that same vision, right? We don't want to mess around with just feeling better temporarily. We want to have genuinely transformed lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a good job. What we discussed in the last podcast of painting the picture of the defeated Christian, which is not everybody, obviously. Lots of people are victorious Christians. They really do exemplify the nature and character of the Lord. And I love that. But he painted a picture of what a chunk of the church looks like. People that are striving super hard to do what the Bible says to do and failing, trying to produce the fruits of the spirit out of their own strength and their own ability, which is impossible to do because they're fruits of the Holy Spirit, not fruits of our striving. So, it was a good, you know, good picture. And I think all of us could relate to some of that. And some of us can relate to all of that. So we just want to talk about what's the real way out of that scenario. So hopefully we can give some insight on that today. All right. So I'll just continue to read from this passage from the essentials of TPM. And so he's labeled this section. And we're still talking about Carl, right? Everybody's missed, you know, for a week, what we were talking about Carl, they've been longing for those seven days, but so it's <laughs> a common, a common reality. This is what Ed writes. Carl's plight is a common reality for many people struggling to live the Christian life, overcoming sin, managing emotional pain, and trying to do the fruit are often the focus of many believers who are doing their best to live and look like Jesus. However, there are several problems with using this strategy for spiritual success. It begins with this. First, doing these things is not what the Bible tells us to do. 
and they will not bring about the results that our hearts desire. We are not called to overcome sin, even though we too often make this our focus. Since Christ took care of that for us, freeing us from our sin, when Christ died, he took care of the sin problem and our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. That's from Romans 6, verses 6 and 7. And that's powerful stuff. We read that, we study that, we hear about that, but we don't really grasp what that truly means, what really happened at the cross. He goes on, being victorious is not about us overcoming sin, but rather re- resting in the victory we have been given in Christ, because, because it is God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. The question we need to ask is, why am I still struggling with sin anyway? For as the Apostle Paul declared, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? That's back to Romans 6, verse 2. Our being victorious is not about is also not about standing on top of our pain or trying to manage it. Managing our pain is nothing more than spiritualized suppression, which causes problems in and of itself, and trying to, quote, do the fruit, unquote, of the Spirit is fruitless, no pun intended. <laughs> I think it was, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> the scriptures clearly propose a different path, transformation. Transformation is an inner work that God brings about as we are persuaded of the truth in our hearts by His Spirit. When we believe His truth with our hearts, the outcome is the effortless expression of the fruit of the Spirit. Where there is an absence of fruit, it is due to an absence of truth as well. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't think people ever think about that. That if there's an absence of fruit, what I thought, you know, there were scriptures that I strove to be like when I was a brand new believer. And I thought all I need to do is go to church, pay attention, read the Bible, pray a lot, talk to people, ask for advice, do all these things, you know, and I will grow and all, all those fruits that I really wanted, particularly love, you know, in Corinthians, the love passages, I really wanted that. And I thought doing all of those things would get it. And, you know, it moved me in the right direction. That's for sure. It did. But I was just thinking, if you want a relationship, like Ed talks about, the relationship with God that where all of those things that he promises actually are real and true in your life. If you want a relationship with someone, you spend time with that person you listen to them, you invite them into your life, you invite them into the good times and the bad times, you spend time with them versus it just seems funny to me. And I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but I'm not going to go to a seminar or a meeting where people talk about that person. Teach me about that person. Tell me what I should be doing to get close to that person. It To me, it seems very counterintuitive to do that. Why not just go be with that person? Okay, go be with that person and genuinely have a relationship and where you see, for example, that you can't rest in the victory that he's he's won for us. When you see that you can't do that, go to him and let him help you search your heart to see 
what is it in me that's causing me not to rest? So look at what it is that's happening inside of me that's preventing those fruits from being expressed and let him be the one that brings about that change. So that all to me sounds like common sense now, but you know, it's been a long journey of getting to that kind of a perspective and letting God prove that that's really his way versus the things that Carl's doing here that are, that are causing him a lot of sweat. (laughs) Poor Carl. I know. Poor all of us, right? Well, yeah, we've all been Carl. Right. There's the name of the podcast. We've all been Carl. <laughs> Becoming Carl part one and two. Are you a Carl? <laughs> all right. He goes on. Okay. So this is what Ed says. The task at hand is to identify what is keeping this transformation from occurring. How do we become transformed? The answer is not trying harder to believe, controlling our behavior, or increasing our efforts in trying to live and look like Jesus. We will soon discover that what we believe in our hearts has a major impact on all that we feel and do. When we believe lies, they will feel true to us and will inevitably affect our thoughts, feelings, and behavior. However, when we know the truth in our hearts, we will live out the truth effortlessly. The fruit of the Spirit is His fruit, not a product of our own doing. The ultimate goal of transformational prayer is that the person might know the truth within his or her heart, resulting in the effortless and maintenance-free expression of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their daily lives. Managing our pain is nothing more than spiritualized suppression, which causes problems in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And trying to do the fruit of the Spirit is fruitless. No pun intended. I liked what you said, what he said. You read that what we believe in our hearts will be what we live out. Again, it goes back to relationship, right? If you're in a relationship with someone and you believe in your heart that you're cared for, that they love you, that they value you and esteem you, they like you, they like to be around you, they're they're a person of character, a person you can trust, all those things, if you believe those things in your heart, you're going to be drawn to that person versus if you believe in your heart that they can't be trusted, that you're really not worthy to be in a relationship with them, or that you're not good enough, or any of those negative beliefs that that we hold deep down, it's going to be reflected in your relationship, right? You're not going to be want to even be around that person if you believe they can't be trusted, if you believe that they don't care about you, right? It pushes you away from them. And so that's an example of how believing lies deep down about God, you you just can't overcome those by trying to be a good person and trying to please him and trying to do the right thing. You have to let the Lord deal with those beliefs, or you're never going to pull close to him and draw close to him and be able to manifest the fruits of the spirit or, or any of the qualities that God wants us to exhibit that are representative of him. So beliefs are so important, heart beliefs about him and about ourselves are super important. It's like what a man believes in his heart, what he thinks in his heart, he is. That's just so powerful. And I don't know how we miss that, you know, how we think it's all about doing stuff instead of what we believe in our heart. 
that motivates us to do. Right. And we can't shame ourselves or shame others into that kind of freedom. I don't know why we try, but we do that. Because we have wrong beliefs in our heart. Sure. <laughs> One of the key words that is, has popped into my head in the last week or so is expedience. Mm. And, and how we take these shortcuts for what we think is going to be a good result. But sometimes it's, it's not. It's It doesn't yield the peaceful fruits of righteousness the way that an interaction with Jesus through his Holy Spirit does. So we we look for these expedient things that, mm. that's just going to uh, make the pain subside in the short short term. We don't know we're doing that, but but that's what that expedient perspective does. If I just do this now, if I just do this, if I just shut this down, if yeah. I just try harder, if I do that, you know, X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your heart has truly changed. And sometimes we, well, our ministry in a sense is really about choosing to suffer to go back through some of those places in our in our lives some that are obviously immensely traumatic and sometimes it's these little things that just shifted the way that we thought mm-hmm. and plant these seeds that lead to unrest and pain and and so much heartache in our lives in a performance based perspective on things that's so true hi this is jenny My role is to manage the relationship between you and Cross Council. It's been a pleasure connecting with so many of you over the years, and we're so grateful that you are a part of the growing number of people tuning into our podcast. More than ever before, people are realizing the importance of maintaining mental health, but they're still struggling to find genuine and lasting peace. However, more and more people are coming to Cross Council, engaging in our melt process and finding genuine freedom from lifelong burdens, including depression, anxiety, and addiction. God is truly blessing our ministry, and we are growing faster than ever before, which is why I want to take a moment to invite you to partner with us. We have never turned anyone away for their inability to pay for a session, and our team of donors is vital to keeping that a reality. Please join our team. With your support, we can continue to offer the profound healing of transformational prayer that has helped so many find real and lasting peace. Just go to crosscouncil.com and click the donate button to get started. We can't do this alone, and your generous monthly gift will change someone's life. All right, so I think think Ed is done with his puns because that's he did that twice. And yet, yeah, he says, doing the fruit will never work, or the way we would say it is plastic fruit doesn't suffice. Maybe. Right. <laughs> so he goes on to talk about Carl and says that his efforts in doing the fruit through a performance-based spirituality could never work because God did not design the Christian life to be lived in this fashion. The fruit of the Spirit is the natural result of the indwelling of Christ and knowing the truth within the heart, not a to-do list to fulfill in Galatians 5, 16 to 26. It's not to check those boxes. The fruit of the Spirit is his fruit, not ours. There was a reason Carl was not experiencing the victory he hoped for, but trying harder was not the answer. Before Carl or any of us can experience the fruit of the Spirit, several things need to be in place. First, we must reframe our life difficulties from a heavenly perspective. God's view of what we are going through is often very different from our own. When we are able to view life from his perspective, we will feel what God feels. God's emotions are a direct reflection of his truth. 
Although we may not always know what God is feeling, we can certainly know with certainty what he is not feeling. He is not wringing his hands with fear and worry. He is not anxious or stressed. He does not feel alone, abandoned, or forsaken. He is not overwhelmed with apprehension, hopelessness, or despair. So then, if we feel any of these things, we hold a different perspective than his. Until we can view our life situations from his perspective, we will continually misinterpret our situation and feel the emotions that correspond to our lie-based interpretation. This inaccurate interpretation will rob us of his fruit. Boom. What do you guys think about God's emotion? Because some people believe that God has no emotion, that the emotion that's described or ascribed to him is just a way for us to kind of relate to what's what God's thoughts are. Well, I, the, the word talks about his emotions. Right. So yeah. Like can't get around that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the way they get around that is saying that, well, that's just for our sake. It's not really real. It's just the way that we could possibly re- relate to him who has no emotions. But John, you were going to say, Oh no, I was just going to say like, it seems pretty real to me, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, especially since if all good things are created from him and are like a part of him and all evil things are not a part of him, even before there was sin, there was emotion. Like Adam and Eve had emotions, they had feelings, they, you know, like they had that happening to them. So I think it's a little silly to assume God doesn't have any emotions when he definitely like when creation was perfect he gave those to adam and eve i mean if we want to get like super logical and if i'm arguing with someone who's getting heady about like ah, that's for our sake blah 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 i don't think so i i think logically you can argue your way out of that that god does indeed have uh emotions and like those are on display throughout the bible you know so and to say that we're created in God's image, but then he just added the emotional aspect to us. Seems kind of silly to me, too. Yeah, it's a think, goofy. Yeah, though I don't think Jesus experienced every emotion that we do because he didn't experience emotions that were mixed in with lie-based thinking. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking lately since we went to Israel, right? And we walked in the Garden of Gethsemane and and went to the dungeon in Caiaphas's house where Jesus was held, you know, when he was being tried and all that you know, how awful what he suffered through was, but for the joy that was set before him, right? He endured that. And that even as we were in that place, while it was a horrible thought to think of him suffering there, knowing the joy, I mean, think about it. The analogy for me was if you, your kids are being held by a terrorist And you know you can do one thing that's going to be extremely painful, but after you do that thing, your kids are going to be released, and they'll never be held by that terrorist again, and you'll get to be in relationship with them. It doesn't matter what the thing you have to do is, you would do it. I think as a human, you know, although maybe I wouldn't, I don't know, but but he did it right? He did it for the joy that was set before him. He, I can't believe he was emotionless, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not only as he suffered, but also he knew why he was suffering. He knew what was about to happen and he knew he was going to ransom us. How could that not have caused emotion? 
mm-hmm. in his heart, right? He was just right. emotionless about that. So anyway, I've just come to know him as a very deeply feeling God. You know, that's that's the kind of God that he's shown himself to be to me. And it's someone that I can fall deeply in love with. You know, it's, he's not like a Spock. He's, Spock's kind of hard to, you know, cuddle up to. <laughs> so even if he, you know, is putting those things in the Bible so that we would, because for our benefit, right? So that we would feel close to him. Hey, it works, right? All right. This is the last section. So Ed, Ed says that we need a strategy for correcting our misinterpretation. And the transformational prayer provides a way to accomplish this. Simply trying harder to believe the truth that is expressed in the Bible, doing our best to live and look like Jesus, trying to be more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, etc., will all eventually end in failure. The true desire of every believer is to know and experience the Spirit's fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. However, many of us, like Carl, are trying to accomplish this by trying to do or perform the fruit rather than bear it. Performing the fruit is something that any person can attempt to do by ardent discipline and effort. However, the Spirit's fruit is His fruit, not our own. It is the outcome of knowing the truth within our hearts. It is something that God brings about, not something that we somehow just choose to produce or possess. When we know the truth in our hearts, we will bear the fruit naturally and without effort. The only way that we can have God's truth and perspective is by having God persuade us of it. Mm. The good news is this is exactly what he wants to do, exclamation point. However, we need to be in the proper position to receive it. What we will learn in transformational prayer will help us move to the place where God can shine his light of truth into our hearts. TPM is designed to help us identify that which keeps us from naturally and effortlessly experiencing the fruit of God's Spirit. When Carl felt terrible, defeated, and ready to give up, he was actually in the right place to begin cooperating with God as he refines Carl's faith renews his mind, and brings about a transformation that would bear real fruits. Coming out of denial regarding what we feel and believe is the first step toward freedom. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Amen. I like to minister to people that have tried everything. I really do, because they've tried everything, and they're so discouraged because they haven't gotten free of things that are in their heart they've been that they know are crippling them in their lives because if they've tried everything then they're at a good place just like he said about carl where they're like i'm desperate i'll do anything just tell me what need i need to do right there's no arguing there so we just say okay here's here's what it is here's your part here's god's part let's do it And I found that people are desperate, and you probably know that too, Steve, when they're desperate is when they receive healing, because they let go of all this thinking that they shouldn't do this, that they can manage it on their own, that they should do it a different way, all that stuff they've tried and given up on, and they're desperate, and God meets them in their desperation. It's just so awesome, because it's not about what we can do. It's about when our hearts are willing to open and be true and and. Uh, honest with him that he is able to do what only he can do. Right. And when they're desperate, they're willing to 
uncork their pain. Mm-hmm. People want the Lord to bring truth and pour truth in, but we've got the bottle all 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 covered and corked up. Yeah. That's that's what Ed is talking about when he talks about being in the position to receive it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that idea of God persuading us. And he'll persuade us along the way too. It's not just in those those deep memories. A lot of times we have all these defenses that we put up to even go to some of that pain. And mm-hmm. Jesus persuades us as we're positioned correctly to go deeper and deeper and deeper into those places. And then even when we get into some of those memories, to go deeper and deeper within the memory, not just these conclusions that we identify that are painful, but to get to the core of what we believe about our value, our, de- our identity, our worth, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And he just loves to pour his truth into those places to bring his light to drive out the darkness. Yeah. So we began this discussion in our last episode talking about somebody who was interested in coming just coming for prayer to pray the depression away. And while we appreciate people taking the initiative to reach out because that takes some amount of courage to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't want to we don't discourage people from going and getting prayer, but hopefully what we've just discussed in the last two episodes has helped people see that there is a better way. That there's there's a way to freedom. That's what we're, mm-hmm. that's what we aim toward. We aim toward that freedom that his truth brings, right? We, we read in scripture that you, the truth sets us free. And in my history, that, that was just salvation. It was just, well, the, when you trust in Jesus as your Lord and savior, that's the truth. And that now you are free. And there is a truth to that. Mm-hmm. There is that, that idea that we talked about earlier about what happened at the cross and that we are infused with his spirit and our identity is his and we've always been created in his image but there's something cataclysmic i think that happens in our inner being where the holy spirit is deposited mm-hmm. of course that is beautiful and that is one level of being set free that those wages of sin when it comes to that judgment that we have mm-hmm. in our yeah from a positional standpoint yeah that's true but the wages of sin is also the the consequences of us living life that's not filled with his his truth and his the fruit right every day there's the consequences there's the wages of sin as i as i avoid things it's not just the sins that that i do that the things that are wrong but it's even the the things that i don't do boy that's <laughs> the list there it kind of yeah. goes back to what are the things in your life that you're blind to well you can't list those things so mm-hmm. anyway I think what surprises people when they step in that this is more than prayer, us putting our hand on somebody's shoulder or lifting them up. It is really this amazing change that can happen inside of us as our a whole new world opens up to how deep Jesus wants to go with us to uh, bring us into that freedom. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.